This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50% to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash trip for free shipping and 365-day returns. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. No matter the results, you'll always be winning with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app and you'll get rewards points delivered too. So that ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via app at participating restaurants. 18 plus rewards registration required. Points only on menu items, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. Have major life expenses? Using a credit card can cost you an arm and a leg and interest and fees. Break up with bad credit card debt and check out a SoFi personal loan. With low fixed interest rates and absolutely no fees, a personal loan could be a great way to consolidate your hard-to-pay-off high-interest credit card debt. A SoFi personal loan can also be used for home improvement projects, weddings, travel, moving costs, emergency expenses, whatever life throws your way, with funding ranging from $5,000 to $100,000. With a single fixed monthly payment and no fees, a SoFi personal loan is simply a smarter way to pay compared to high-interest credit cards. View your rate in 60 seconds without affecting your credit score at SoFi.com slash podcast. That's SoFi.com slash podcast. And get your money right. Loans originated by SoFi Bank N.A. Member FDIC. Terms and conditions apply. NMLS 69689689. It's international break, which is exciting for some, painful for others. I very much sit in the latter. But either way, we do have players on duty. So, X, tell us how the boys have been getting on for their countries. Well, and a massive shout-out to Peter Finch again. He's helped to comply this information with myself. You know, he's put it together, and I've done a bit of research, too. Um, just going to go through the, the countries um, um, and who's playing for who and what the sort of outcomes of their matches are and what situation they are in terms of their World Cup qualifications as well. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> this is up to date as of um, Sunday day. So I've had I've added on a little bit about Spain because they played yesterday um, so if we go over Algeria where Saeed Benrahma is an international they beat a team called Digibooty now I can't <laughs> I can't claim to have ever heard of that country before looking at this so they beat them 4-0 so I can tell you if that's a good result or not I assume it is considering I've never heard of the country but uh, he scored his first goal for the national team so big moment for him for Ben Rama scored his first goal for the national team in a World Cup qualifier and it looks like they're going to be qualifying top of their group um, Algeria next up for them is Burkina Faso on Tuesday in a bid to make the World Cup so yeah, first international goal for Ben Rama, which yeah, I personally think is great because he's going from strength to strength this year. Mm. Getting your first international goal is a, a significant moment for anyone. So uh, yeah, mm. that has came in in their last game. Well done, Benny. 
Yeah, so over to the Czech Republic, which is like basically any West Ham fan's second nationality now with the, <laughs> the free players and the investment and obviously the history of like Ludo and Thomas Repka and so on. So um, Czech Republic, they beat Q8 7-0. Um, obviously a friendly game because uh, Q8's in Asia and obviously Czech Republic's in Europe. Um, 7-0 win. Thomas, Thomas Suchek scored. Again, he played the, full, <laughs> played the full 90 minutes. There is someone I would like to beat. <laughs> I'm glad you did an impression because there's been quite a few calls for your impressions. <laughs> so so it's, whenever you feel like dropping one in, mate, you go for it because it, it'll, it'll, keep, it'll keep the listeners happy. So. <laughs> even, yeah. if there's not, even if there's not that much relevance, you know, if Nigel Ben wants to comment on a game or Chris Eubank or uh, Matthew Kelly, just throw mm. them in. Well, maybe I just might. <laughs> I think you need to write down who you can actually do as well, so we can almost set <laughs> set you up for impressions and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I know you, I know you have more in your repertoire than Nigel Penn and a, a few others. So. <laughs> I, might, I might have to work on impressions that consist of more than four words as well. <laughs> <laughs> the, the thing is, though, I think the four words make it better because we could just almost like take it and then just move on quickly. Because if you do like a whole speech, then it kind of, kind of throws it a little bit. But, uh, yeah, true. Yeah, so, yeah, that's noted. So he took a full 90 minutes, which is a little bit annoying because obviously I think Suchek's looked quite tired recently. So ideally he wouldn't have played, but he did. Um, Vladimir Shafal also played the full 90 minutes, which I'm not so bothered about that for him because obviously he has been sort of not in the team because of injury and then because of Johnson's form. So he played he played the full 90 and he got an assist um, in that. He assisted the first goal. And then Alex Crowell, came on as a sub in the 60th minute and the next game for the Czech Republic is their final World Cup qualifying game against Estonia and already the Czech Republic have qualified for a playoff space um, so uh, yeah I don't know if that means they can't qualify automatically but they're already in a playoff space so another hammer scored for us and that was in the match uh, El Salvador versus Jamaica I'm sure most people know who that is so Antonio scored in in, um, the one all draw after only being on the pitch for eight minutes and it was a really good goal. I don't know if great you saw goal. it. Great yeah, goal. Really good. Great composure to dink it over the keeper with pressure from the defender too. Um, he was at the halfway stage of qualifying. Jake, Jamaica have given themselves a bit of a bit of work to do. However, they are now unbeaten in three games and they face the USA, who are top of the group. Jamaica are five points behind Panama, who hold the last playoff spot. So, yeah, great goal for them. It's a shame they couldn't hold on to win. I mean, I don't really want Antonio to be playing for Jamaica at all, purely because, you know, I'm mm. West Ham and I'm selfish and I don't want him to get injured playing for Jamaica. But if he's going to do all this travelling and all this commuting and putting himself at risk, I want it for at least to be to a benefit of actually playing in a World Cup or something for him. Mm. So, mm. so I actually hope they do qualify. I mean, I'd like USA to qualify as well because uh, obviously the, the fan base we've got as West Ham way and uh, also I think football is really sort of really growing in America. So it'd be good if their national team can be consistent. Um, mm. But I'd also like Jamaica to get in there as well. Um, Croatia, uh, Nikola Vlasic, he played um, when well, he came on as a sub in the 54th minute. Um, 
Um, didn't really contribute anything, um, but the game was 6-1 when he came on and it finished 7-1. So it was a bit of the game was pretty much over by the time he came on in the 54th minute. And then Croatia <clears throat> beat Russia 1-0 um, and he played 58 minutes of that game in a 1-0 win, which has seen Croatia qualify for uh, the World Cup. Um, so meaning uh, the next games um, for him will be in March because obviously they don't have to play the playoffs now. So uh, he's got a little bit of a break. Pablo Fornells has caused a bit of a storm. So it, it was Greece nil, Spain won and Fornells came on as a substitute in that win played 25 minutes and they Spain played yesterday and they beat Sweden I think um, and they finished top of the table to, to qualify for the World Cup However, Fornells wasn't on the bench or even in the, you know, wasn't even in the squad, which has led there to be a lot of speculation as to whether he's injured or not. Now, some of the stories that are coming out is that his wife um, or his girlfriend uh, is expecting their baby very soon. Um, but I believe he was actually still in, um, in Spain uh, and was at the game. So I don't think that's the reason. I think, and it's not 100% confirmed. I've tried to get it confirmed in time for this podcast, but I've only had one source come back to me and those of you that have followed me long enough know that I never 100% say no matter how good the source is even if it was David Moyes I still always go for two source confirmation I've only had one on this but I've been told it was a selection decision him and another player were just left out of the squad for a reason unbeknown but only a selection reason and not an injury reason so he should be available for um, the Wolves game Um, as I say do not quote me because that's one source but it should be available but yeah Spain qualified um, as a result of that game uh, France beat Kazakhstan um, 8-0 um, so Borat will be disappointed um, and, uh, <laughs> fucking hell there's been some goals in this round haven't there well exactly mate this is why honestly I told you this off air before but I'll share it with the listeners not that I'm promoting gambling because I'm sure I'll probably get in trouble for this but if you like the occasional flutter um, as a perfectly bit of fun and obviously you know how to control your gambling um, and if you don't, there's helplines for you. However, if you like a flat on an accumulator, the best time to do it is in the international window. I've said this to you before, mate, because games like mm. France versus Kazakhstan, you know France are going to win that. England versus Albania or England versus San Marino. And there's so many other games. Like, you know, you can tell by the, the score lines. I've read out, you know, I've had a, we had um, Croatia beat Malta 7-1. You know, Czech Republic beat Q8 7-0. Algeria beat whatever that team was called, 4-0. Um, so if you go, do, if you do an accumulator of very odds-on international games, you can rack up like 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 teams in your accumulator, including England under-21s. And whilst it's a bit more even in under-21s, you still get, you know, big nations playing little nations. And again, it's fairly obvious what the result could be so again i've made a decent money this weekend just from doing big accumulators with nice. on national teams so yeah that's the one good thing about the international windows i think i find it easier to do accumulators on than i do um than i do outside of that um anyway ukraine i uh, sorry france eight kazakhstan nil kurt zuma and um areola were both unused subs um france have now qualified for the world cup so it could mean they've got a game against finland on tuesday 
say. So it could mean that Ariola and Zuma maybe used in that because obviously they, they've already qualified. They don't need to win it. So it could be a way of giving them experience. Personally, I don't want Zuma to play in it. I'd rather he didn't play in it so that he's fit for us. I wouldn't be too bothered about Ariola playing though because I think it's always good to get keepers playing regularly if they're not in the first team which obviously he is in the cup for us but not in the league so if Ariola plays on Tuesday I'll be pleased but uh, I'd rather Zuma didn't personally but uh, yeah so that's the situation Yarm- um, Yarmolenko um, played in a one-all game against Bulgaria. He played the full 90 minutes. Um, Ukraine's last qualifying game is on Tuesday as they face Bosnia. They need to win it and hope that France defeat Finland if they want to go through to the playoffs. Before the Euros, Yarmolenko promised that he would give his wages he received during the Euros to a hospital in Ukraine. And over the international break, he kept his promise. Oh, what a guy. So that's, that's great. That's yeah, really that's, nice. So on to youth internationals. I they they, they a, love him over there, by the way, don't they? I know he's a bit of a legend, mate. He's scored he, he a is. lot of goals for them. Yeah, he's very didn't he, hasn't he now scored more than Shevchenko? I think, yeah, I think possibly he has. Yeah, possibly. I certainly that's, remember that's reading phenomenal. It. I mean, when yeah. you look at Shevchenko, he's literally iconic for Ukraine. So for him to surpass that, and I think he's, I'm pretty sure he's got over 100 caps for them now as yeah. well, which yeah, is I unbelievable. So. I mean, in his day, mate, I mean, certainly when he was in Germany, he was a very good player. I mean, he showed glimpses of it at West Ham, but I think yeah. a, I mean, a bit like Sebastian Hilaire, he's just not suited to the league, really. I mean, the problem mm. with the English league is that the that pace is yeah. such a key um, criteria to have, particularly if you're a winger. Um, mm. And, you know, mm. that's predominantly what Yarmolenko is. And I just think an unpacy winger just doesn't usually work in England. And I think, mm. sadly, that's what, what's been the case here. But he's, I mean, I say sadly for us, not for him, because he's been making over 100,000 a week on, on at West Ham. But, uh, mm. yeah, still, I'm sure he probably would have wanted it to go a bit better. Apparently, he's a really nice guy. You know, the players at West um, really like him. They speak very highly of him. Apparently, he gets on with all the staff. He's a really good lad and stuff. So, seems like a nice fella. And obviously, that gesture um, supports that. Um, so, on to youth internationals, which might be a, a bit more interesting because they've uh, some of the people uh, might not have known these ones. Uh, so, Jamal Baptiste played for England under 19s, played 90 minutes, and kept a clean sheet in a nil nil draw with Switzerland. Um, Devine. Mbama uh, played for England under 18s. He made his debut in a 3 2 loss to the Netherlands and was sub in the next game, not scoring in either. But he took the first penalty of the shootout and converted it, sending the keeper the wrong way. Um, Sonny Perkins, who I've spoke about. Uh, a bit recently played for the under 18s um, in that game um, and he scored um, and was sent off in a 3-2 defeat to the Netherlands and then was the unused sub in the next game um, Ajibola Elise was in the England under 20s he played 78 minutes against Portugal which they lost 2-0 Pierre uh, Equa um, played for France under 20s. He played 42 minutes from the start against Germany, but he went off when he went off when they were leading one nil. However, they without him on the pitch, they ended up losing three two. Um, Christian. 
Hegi, I don't know how to pronounce his name, but he's, but he's very highly rated keeper. Um, Hungary under 21s kept a clean sheet in a 1 0 win over Latvia. People often talk about Trot and um, Anang as up and coming keepers, but I'm telling you, this keeper here, um, Christian Hegi, Hegi, I don't know, but when we signed him, he was. He was wanted by many, many top clubs. I think Manchester United and Liverpool were in the mix. Um, so the fact we got that signing was huge at the time. And I think he's definitely one to look out for. Um, Harrison Ashby, whose birthday it was in the week, um, was a good lad. Harrison played 78 minutes in a 2-1 win over Kazakhstan. Um, so that's what I mean. You read about the under-21s not being quite as significantly different. You know, Kazakhstan yeah. got battered by France 8-0, but Scotland could only be beat them 2-1, but they, they still did beat them. Um, Harrison uh, p- uh, played 78 minutes in that game. His dad um, used to be a professional footballer, played for Watford for a while. Um, Ashby played for Gillingham, I think, as well. I um, don't know if many people know that, but um, yeah, his dad was a professional footballer too. And then Connor Coventry, Ireland under-21s, he starred in a 2-0 defeat to Italy apparently played really really well um, and obviously Italian under 21s are a, a stronger level than the Irish under 21s but uh, apparently played well in that game Oku Flex was called up to the under 21s for the first time but he didn't make the starting team or the bench so that is the current state of play obviously England won 5-0 without Declan uh, Declan withdrew from the squad with a virus but um I've been assured by a number of people that he'll be fit for um, Saturday. The two the two source rule has been confirmed for him, but not for four nails. But I am led to believe that four nails should be available as well. Good stuff, mate. That's really interesting. I appreciate that. Thanks to you and thanks to Pete. Good team effort there. You like international football, don't you? You're a fan of it. Um, yes and no. I'm a fan of it when it's the tournaments. I absolutely love the World Cup, the Euros, mm. if I could get much of it. Um, like the you know, the uh, Cup of America, even the African nations is interesting if you if you watch the bigger games in it. Um, so I like tournament football, however, these qualifiers, no, I didn't watch it. I mean, I, I kind of had it on in the background, but I can't even remember the goals now, really. Um, because the thing is, the reason it's not so good that you know, the qualifiers because you just get so many one-sided games, you know, and if England, England even beating, you know, if England don't beat San Marino, who we've got, is it tonight or tomorrow? Tonight, I think, if England mm. don't beat San Marino by at least five goals, and it's a bad result, and it's just, that's just stupid, isn't it? In any football match, really, to for it to be that one-sided, you know, I think, I think they should restructure the qualifying campaigns so that the likes of San Marino and the Faroe Islands and Gibraltar and all those teams that are just there to get battered, that maybe they have to have like a, a pre-qualifying, like what you do with the FA Cup. You know, like the mm. FA Cup, you have the preliminary rounds where, and then eventually some of the smaller teams will make it into the qualifications. I think if you could do that with these nations so that maybe only the top two of the the worst 10 or whatever qualify, then these leagues would be a bit more interesting. But yeah, I'm not a massive fan of qualification games, but of tournaments, yes. Mm. Do you think this break is good or bad for West Ham? And it, it, it's it's called an international break. Obviously, a lot of our players ain't getting a break. It's just a break from domestic football in the Premier League. Some of our players are, obviously, but some of them ain't. Do you think it's good or bad timing for us? Um, 
It's a bit of a difficult one to answer that because I can see pros and cons of, of it either way. It's, it's positive in the sense that players need a rest. Like you say, many of them aren't getting it. But if you take the fact that Declan withdrew, obviously Declan's getting a rest. Cresswell has played pretty much every game. He needed a rest. Um, you know, Fabianski would have been getting one of those not so important for a keeper. Um, Johnson would have been getting a rest. You know, um, Bowen. Bowen, yeah, Bowen. So there's a number of players that, needed a rest that'll be getting it so it's good in that respect um because we've been playing so many games you know with the cups um that they needed it however those players like Antonio and Suchek, for example, that are desperately in need of a rest. You know, Antonio's had to travel travel to the Caribbean to, to play his football and he's playing out there. So, it's, if anything, it's going to be more strenuous than it would have been if he was left here. So, a bit of a debate on, on the fitness side of it. Um, Bad in the sense that we were on a we had momentum and we were mm. doing really well. We'd just mm. beaten Liverpool, you know, beaten Spurs, we'd beaten Aston Villa, and we were on a real good run. Um, so then break it up is when things happen. Like if you recall, and I would urge people to listen to our Robbie Slater interview. I know, I know he wasn't the biggest name to ever play for West Ham, certainly not in England anyway, a big name in Australia, but his interview is brilliant, one of the best ones we've done recently, mm. I'd say. And he said you know, even in that famous Australian game against Iran, when that guy ran on the pitch and broke the goal, even the disruption of like 10 minutes was enough to sort of change their mindset. And you know that with like football when there's long delays or even you look at tennis, you know, what was that famous semi-final, wasn't it, where Tim Henman was way up against even Isovich, I think, and then there was rain breaks and stuff, and he ended up throwing it away, so no, a, a break, I, like I've always stated in terms of not changing a winning side and stuff, I always think momentum and forward, you know, runs, like progression, are so important, psychology in football and having a break now would not have been, would not, is not good timing for us, really, but I guess I guess there's nothing we could do about it. We knew it was happening. It's not like it's been suddenly enforced upon us. Mm. Yeah, I know. And, you know, another way to look at it as well is that most other top teams in the Premier League also have international players. So it ain't just West Ham, is it? So, yeah, no, you know, exactly. you can say that every club is suffering with this and it's part and parcel of the game, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, how much of this break is David Moyes going to be spending with the owners and Rob Newman to concentrate on the transfer window in January? Like, I think- if at all. Yeah, I think they would sort of started to draw up names. I talked about it in my section a bit, but okay. I think they'd start to draw up names now and, and look at potential options that they can sort of start to get things rolling with. But I would have imagined he would have spent uh, that time getting, like I said, getting to know the new owners, getting to know their aims, getting to speak to Rob Newman and what he wants, and also just trying to look through... Um, because he's a big fan of studying the opposition. So just trying to use this bit of a gap to, you know, watch so many games because we're going to be playing, you know, Wolves, and then we play Vienna, and then we play, is it, uh, who's after that? Man City, is it, I think? Um, mm-hmm. And it's just such a quick run of games. Um, boom, 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 boom. Um, so I think he'll use that time to also study, study the opposition as well. Thanks for the booms there, mate, to help us understand your point there. That is very yeah, much appreciated. Good, I'm glad. <laughs> <laughs> um, we recently spoke about Creswell and Bowen both earning the right to get a call up on their current form. Who do you think deserves it more out of the two? Well, that's a good question. Um, 
That's, that's tricky. I think in terms of positionally, I think Bowen has more competition than Cresswell does, arguably. I think you know, England's midfield is full of full of exciting young um, wingers, creative midfielders, and so on. So where's left back? I know you've got Shaw, you've got Chilwell, you've got a few others that can play there, but I think Cresswell's consistency has put him right in the frame. However, other thing with Cresswell, which he doesn't have, which Bowen has his age, and I believe that Southgate is so discriminatory against age. So that's why Antonio never got a look in recently. So that actually, probably, if you was to analyse it from uh, from Southgate's mind, I'd imagine Bowen is ahead of, ahead of Cresswell out mm. of the two of them. Yeah. Yeah, it's hard to argue with that, mate. Um, who do you think is the best and worst international player we've ever had? And by that, I mean overseas player, not necessarily cats by their country. Well, uh, so an overseas player, the best and worst overseas players we've had. Yeah, on, on the theme of international discussion, yeah. Um, or the best... I don't, do they have to have played for their country? What did they no, say before? No. Right, okay. Well, I guess the best you can say is to Canio. Yeah. Uh, you say Tevez um, in terms of technical ability, Pie, you know, those three are the ones that spring to mind. If you had to pick one of the three? Uh, oh, that's tough. Um, and out of it, she could argue as well. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah. Um, oh, that is tough. Um, I would. I would probably say De Canio just people will argue with me and say that Pae was better because he got shortlisted for Ballon d'Or. Yes, mm. he did. And he was sensational. A lot of his goals were free kicks, which you could argue is, is if you're good at free kicks, you know, that sort of takes away all-round play because De Canio was just good at everything. And Pae was good at pretty much everything as well. But I'm trying to make an argument here. De Canio was... <clears throat> Was was there for longer? It was more, more, more sort of contributed more to West Ham's history. Um, and I think De Canio, had he been, you know, not Italian, uh, well, they had such good players in the Italian national team in the nineties, and had I think the nineties just had more all-round entertaining players. You think back, they had, they had Rivaldo, Rivaldo, sorry, Ronaldinho, Brazilian Ronaldo, Zidane, Figo, um, Rui Costa, Nedved, um, Beckham, Skulls, you know, the, the list of players. Um, Zidane, I don't know if I said him. Um, the list of players, Jeremy Edlows as well, and Holland, you know, Robin and Van Persie. And, uh, there's so many players that were so good in the 90s. I think arguably better than they were now. Um, so I think the Canio's competition was probably higher. So I think I go to Canio just, but then Tevez had an amazing career as well. So mm. very hard. De Canio yeah. certainly for West Ham. Yeah, he's for me. I mean, he is a legend. And in the discussions of, you know, legends, cult heroes, icons at West Ham, for me, and I know there was questions over his commitment away from home, but I, I think the emotional attachment I have with Paolo, like every West Ham fan does, just seeing him live and, he, he was I, I, every time I talk about Paolo, the way I describe him is just poetry, poetry to watch. And his entertainment, his passion, his ability, uh, I can't see past it. You can make an argument for some of the other players, and you made it well there for Pio, for example. And Tevez obviously went on to have an incredible career, and we loved him at West Ham. But he, he for me, 
is categorically a legend at West Ham. So he would be my best as well. This Ludo, is where gets... maybe. Ludo as well. So Ludo, Ludo, yeah, yeah. Ludo's position, a good but... shout. Yeah, yeah. Mm. That is a good shout, actually. But this is where it gets a bit tricky because... Who are you going to put as your worst? Oh, mate, there's just hundreds, isn't there? I mean, where, where's your stop? I mean, literally, I can sit here, I can reel off. Like 15 now. I know, I know. Vlad- Vladimir the Band, uh, <laughs> Ragnarvel, Sommer, Rigobert Song, TT Camera, Bazilla, um, Cissé, Diawara, Ali Adier, um, uh, Boogers, um, that... Paolo Alves, whatever his name was, um, Razvan Rat, don't remember mm. Sasa Illich, uh, what's it? Roberto Cisse. Um, <laughs> mate, the list is just it like, is. You, really I mean, is, where, where do you stop? I Mido. mean, again, I mean, it is, it's I mean, I think, I think, in terms of the worst, you'd have to look at the most like awful career in terms of coming and then fucking it up and then going so I guess if you're looking at that you've got to have Roberto up there you've got to have Boogers um, you've got to probably have Radachoyu, you know, even though he scored a couple of good goals and was a good player, 2.2 million or whatever he was and then he left after like half a season or whatever it was um, you know, so I think arguably the worst in terms of contributions in as many games negatively for West Ham, it's got it's got to be Roberto, and then in, and then mm-hmm. in terms of money spent and outlet outcomes from that player because Roberto was a free transfer, and the worst is going to be Boo because I guess paid a million pounds, which at the time was a lot of money for a forward, and then he played a couple of subs appearances and then ran away. So, you know, he's going to be up there as well, you know. I had to laugh when we spoke to Robbie about him and he was saying that, you know, given the, geog- uh, the geographical placements of the players, I think he had to car share with him and Stan Lazaridis at times. And he said, just said how much he used to moan and he used to say, this really made me chuckle in the interview, he said, you know, he used to moan and say, why am I not playing? And then Robbie said, well, mainly because you're shit. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love Robbie. I'll I, I, I I I make you right. The interview was brilliant. He, he's such a character. And, and uh, what people didn't see brilliant. as well, which was so funny, is that obviously with the time difference, because he's in Sydney and <laughs> you and I are in uh, Essex. Um, but we had to um, we had to do it at about 11 o'clock at night, didn't we? Mm, which was yeah. about like eight or nine in the morning there. So we were like a day behind. So what was like Tuesday for us was... Wednesday for him and he was the first one he did I don't don't know where he was or what he was doing but he was just walking (laughs) and walking wasn't he for about 45 minutes to an hour and we just got this tour and where he had the camera he had his phone obviously in his hand we could just see like his face like from the bottom upwards like his nostrils (laughs) and everything and then just like just see him walking around some random place of trees and stuff yeah yeah you text me saying that you felt sick didn't you yeah I I did emotion sick I don't think he knew the camera was on. That was the problem. No, I don't think he did. And, and, you know, all you could see (laughs) was just these trees, like, spinning (laughs) round and round and round and round. By the end of it, I had to stop looking at the camera. Yeah, yeah, it was like that. It was like that. But do you know what? Like, in terms of the worst, there are so many, right? Mm. But because of the transfer fee, the hype around him when he signed, and just how bad he actually turned out to be, 
Granted, whilst not really playing many games for West Ham, I think Savio has to be up there as well. Oh, yeah, of course. I forgot about him, um, of course. And, and, and do you know what, X? This made me revisit what I think is such a mental story. And I think everyone's heard it, right? Everyone's heard it. But let's hear it again, because I don't think you can hear enough of this, right? <laughs> now, what's interesting is I, I always thought the story went that he tried to extort 25 grand from his family. But I actually found another article that tells it slightly differently, right? which I think makes it even funnier, right? So I'm reading this now, and it says, the 23-year-old called his family from Thailand, telling them his captors were demanding a ransom of 3,000 euros for his safe release, <laughs> right? Um, Sareko's concerned family then contacted the country's German embassy, who brought in the police. Suspicious of the rather small ransom demand, <laughs> the police tracked down Sareko and arrested him. And and they're right to be suspicious, exactly. aren't they? I mean, if you if you are actually a career criminal and you are running the risk of prison yourself by capturing someone that's pretty fucking famous, you're gonna ask for more than three grand. <laughs> well, it's the equivalent of about because remember that if your conversion rate it's two thousand four hundred well, There pounds. you go, yeah, exactly. <laughs> two thousand four hundred <laughs> <laughs> for a player that cost West Ham 10 million, yeah. whatever it was at one point. <laughs> I know, I know. And it goes on to say, a Thai newspaper revealed Ugandan-born Sareko, who most recently played for German third division side, oh, fucking hell, SPVGG Unterhassen, um, <laughs> but saw his contract terminated after just three months, was broke after spending €25,000 while holidaying on the Thai coast and came up with the story in a bid to restock his bank balance. I mean, that's fucking <laughs> madness, X, isn't it? Just, some, of, some of the mental stories that have come on the back of West Ham is just incredible, whether it's on Moy in me, with the uh, ineligibility. Yeah, of the speaking cup, of which, mate, did you see? Did you see it on on Oimini, Oimini, me that we've been kicked out of the under twenty threes tournament for doing the same thing? Oh, you know, have we been kicked out of it? Yeah, I heard that we've of, done it. Yeah, fielding an eligible player in that, we've been kicked out of it now. So, <laughs> how does the player or the manager not know? I know. They've made ridiculous. that mistake. I couldn't understand it back then with Manny either. No, exactly. I mean, it's ridiculous, isn't it? So we're still, we're still doing the same thing. I mean, luckily, it doesn't seem to have got much press recently, but give it, you would have thought that um, opposition fans would have picked up on that because obviously we had it with Oimi There was a period, I think, might have been when we were in when we were in the Intertoto Cup and we got and we got into UEFA Cup via that. I seem to remember we played Stimach or somebody when he was suspended. And then um then obviously we had the whole Tevez Mascarano stuff. So we got like history of this now. So I'm surprised more didn't pick up for it. The fact we were kicked out of it clearly showed they took it seriously. And also all those people are, you know, those players that that have their records eradicated because of those games and things like that. It's just ridiculous. And uh, mm. so, uh, yeah, we're still doing it. I just looked up the, um, Savio just to see where he is. <laughs> his list of clubs that he's played for. There's a like 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17. Considering he's 32, he's played for 17 clubs. Jesus. And he's, he's currently playing for a team called BSC Senderling. Um, and by clicking on BSC Sendling, they're, they're in Munich, um, and they don't have an English like um, Wikipedia, so I can't really tell you much. I can't even tell you what league they're in because I don't understand what the words are in front of me, but um, they're clearly not in the top three or four divisions in Germany, I wouldn't have said. Um, and so, amazing. And he's still only 32. That's amazing, isn't it? 
That yeah. is amazing. Like, what, wow. a, what a crap career. I mean, in the end, I don't know if you remember when we sold him, we actually exchanged him um, for uh, Manuel De Costa, who I actually thought yeah. was a fairly decent. He was back. actually. Mm. Yeah, I thought he was actually all right. One of one cents back, like, you know, that you don't really ever hear from or talk about. But I actually thought he was fairly decent at West Ham. But yeah, yeah, it was what, good in the air from memory. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. What a strange character that Savio was. I mean, I 10, 10 million for him. I mean, like, like just like you said, like kidnapping from your own family. I mean, it's just such a ridiculous thing to do. And then, like, once the police had arrested him and Said like you know what the hell like that was a what what are you doing how did how do he how does he go for Sunday dinner and his his family he's like after that you know so Savio we'll we'll try and gloss over the fact that you faked your own kidnapping to get money out of us (laughs) (laughs) how's your week been you know like I know I know that's a bizarre thing to do is it It like you know like your own family like surely like surely like they I don't know I can't like it's the worst people to target because like you. You're only why not ask them? You know, if they've got that much money, yeah, know, why not know. say, Can I borrow 2,400 pounds? Like, yeah. even that, or his parents, or whoever he was trying to get the money off, are really stingy and wouldn't lend him any money. But if he turned around and said to him, Look, these are my options, I'm either going to fake my own kidnapping and try <laughs> and get the money off you, or can you lend me 2,400? I'm pretty sure the parents would have gone with the latter option, but yeah. Uh, and also, yeah. like because these kidnappers didn't exist, who were they going to pay? Yeah. <laughs> oh, the so yeah, just send it to thing. me, Mum. It's fine. Just yeah. the usual. You got my bank details. Give it to me. It's fine. I got to go. I got to go. I'm, I'm yeah. swapping into the casino. I mean, oh, I mean, I mean, I mean, I'm just trying to get out the boot of this car. Yeah. Help! Help! <laughs> I wonder how he like submitted his ransom as well. Because if he was held, if he was held, uh, if he was held under hostage, like how did he do it? Did he like email it to him? Or, like, like message in a bottle, I think, and went yeah, under the exactly. ocean. Exactly. So. I don't you know, like we, if we did it by hand, you'd have to try and change his hand, right? You know, you know, when you're at school, <laughs> with you, your left hand, yeah, or you're at school and you tried to write like a, a sick note to get out of like cross country or something, you know, you do, or you do to forge your homework or something, you know, yeah. yes, X has done his homework, love from Mrs. X, like, you know, yeah. how, would you, how would you get away with it? He just wouldn't. So. I know, I know, it's just absolute madness, honestly, it really is, but makes for such a, a funny story. Yeah. Um, speaking international, I don't think I did the answer justice when we were asked about another pre-match event in the US. So do you want to give some clarity on that and any specifics you've got for them? Um, well, at the moment, I think, I mean, John Black is the sort of, what's the, what's the word, the, the the president or the guru of uh, the West Ham way, um, American events. And prior to the pandemic, the plan was to be, um, well, we've already missed one of them, but then the second one was going to be in the summer um, in Vegas again. And then obviously that got cancelled, so we moved it back to the Brent, a Brentford away game. Now I can't remember when that is, but I know it's in the sort of Easter. It's the Easter weekend because I think, like in England, you get the bank holiday off for Easter. But as I said, I don't know what show I said it on, but I don't think Americans get a bank holiday for it. But anyway, it is meant to be that weekend. It is meant to be in Las Vegas again. Well, it is going to be in Las Vegas again. It's not going to be in the same bar. I don't think. I think we're in negotiations to take it actually onto the um, Las Vegas Strip. Um, and I think it's. 
Planet Hollywood, possibly, or yeah, one of those sort of well-known chains. Um, I think there's a big West Ham. Um, I think the owner of it is a West Ham fan. So that's the plan to try and get back out to America. Then um, we haven't got guest books because we just want to make sure the event's completely finalised. But it does seem like it's going to be happening. Um, and just watch this space. I mean, John's going to just secure the venue and then we'll just crank up the promotion. And, you know, we need to do it quite soon, really, because obviously it's only five months or so away. And we've also got to pray that um, nothing changes in terms of, you know, travelling to and from America. Um, so, yeah, but that is the plan and I can't wait. It's just an amazing experience. And, you know, anyone, if you're thinking about going to Vegas and you're a West Ham fan or you're an American um, and you could get out to Vegas, definitely come because it was brilliant I mean last time there was lots of different fan groups represented I mean the biggest one I guess because of geographical proximity was the Los Angeles Hammers and there was loads of them there loads of them but we had them from different different states um, across America you know there was people from New York there there was mm. people from Pennsylvania there was people from um, uh all different actually is Pennsylvania even in America <laughs> so start again I think Pennsylvania's in Romania and then obviously it's Transylvania don't forget yeah, exactly. about that as well Wait, no, Pennsylvania those boys were wild yeah, of course, Pennsylvania's in America. No, it is in, it is in it America. Is. That's, yeah. that's where... Um, you were probably thinking of Transylvania. I think, yeah. I, yeah. No, Pennsylvania is where the... Um, where the... What's it called? Is um, the... Um, the uh, it's like it's in north northeast Pennsylvania, and it's got where I think it's where one of the um, you know September the eleventh wasn't that where um that's where one of their uh, military bases is that got attacked the Pentagon isn't that where that is I think anyway not sure without looking at Wikipedia but yeah we had them from all over the place um Ohio I seem to remember as well um so. Just um, just get involved. It's really, really good laugh, and uh, we'll we'll hopefully be be there for maybe a week or so. Um, let's not do Vegas, and maybe we might see if we can get to LA as well. But the event will be in Vegas, and uh, yeah, it'll be uh, be well worth going to. Yeah, definitely. And obviously, we have a, a lot of American listeners, so it'd be great to see you there. But also, you know, West Ham fans in the UK, I can't recommend it enough. I think it'll blow you away. If you, you go there and you mix with the American West Ham fans and their energy, their enthusiasm is such a good experience. So we can't wait to go back there. But yeah, we are targeting kind of Easter time, Brentford away, as uh, as X said. And um, yeah, watch this space. We'll, we'll give you some more concrete details as and when. Well, as it's an international break, let's take this opportunity to let X bask in the glory of currently beating me in the West Ham Way Premier League predictions competition. Um, X is 76th with 1,141 points. And I'm in 88th with 1,115, which means as it stands... There is just 26 points between us, which I find incredible, actually, because I yeah. think when you when, when we've now kind of lost the non-payers, I think we're down to about 400 players now, I think, in this game. So, you know, for there to be just 26 points between us is actually quite incredible. Um, but the gap is closing, mate. Are you yeah. feeling the pressure? Well, it's been a bit weird because, like, every week for, like, the last maybe four or five weeks, you've got a slightly better than me. Yeah, total, I, that's true. But, like, that's only true. by, like, five, six, seven points. Yeah. So it's been chipping away at my lead, but never quite getting you over the line to, to actually overtake me. But, well, you had that monster week, didn't you? If yeah, you remember. That, I can't got, remember your tally, but you yeah. smashed it one week. Yeah, 
came second in the whole game, I think. Yeah, I think you did, actually. And, and I've been playing catch-up since then, really. Yeah, I mean, I think, yeah, it's, it's ridiculously close. I mean, there's literally one result wrong that could switch it, um, which is and what was annoying, is that the best, one good thing I've got over you is your lack of organisation. So, <laughs> yeah, so, 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 so you forget Fridays every single time there's a Friday game. And, <laughs> I don't, I don't. And, and every week it'd be really good, because I think for two of the Fridays, I'd called the results spot on. <laughs> so that gave me a 50 point, it was 100 point total over you. But yeah. then this last Friday one, I actually got, it was so annoying. I think it was, it was Southampton the walls maybe or Southampton be someone and and Southampton won one nil and I had it as one nil then I changed it last minute to to one all and so obviously I got minus points for that and you got zero because you didn't predict it and um, <laughs> it, that was really annoying I changed it because that'd have been another fifty points ahead but yeah it's just the swing of it's the swing of um, results isn't it like just one one game and it's yeah, it's over, which is mm. annoying. But both of us are doing well. It's not yeah, like we're true. right at the bottom and we're 26 points apart. We're both at the top end of the league table. But uh, yeah. yeah. Do you know what, though? It's, it's weird for me because the last two years, I've consistently been in front, pissed it at times, actually. And uh, it was true. getting, it is, and it was getting a bit boring, to be honest. And, <laughs> and, and do you know what? Actually, you probably don't know, but when you're constantly beating your mate or something, um, firstly, you, you sort of hope they get back on top for a while for the sake of their own self-esteem, but I'm also enjoying the chase <laughs> at the moment. Bollocks. Um, and, and I that, think the pressure sits with you, mate, really. The, you know? the whole of that script you just said is absolute bollocks. I'm going to pick apart four of, <laughs> about three or the four things I said. <laughs> so, first of all, is you've never been pissing it. If any, actually, in the last one, because you called it off for four weeks to go if the four no the competition fucking called it off and i stopped playing yeah if if you'd carried on playing i smashed those last four weeks so they've been close um second of all um uh, you don't have any sympathy for, for me not, not winning. You would love it if you were like 4,000 points ahead. So don't give me that. And, uh, I think that's a bit slanderous. I, but... I can't even remember what the other points were, but they're all rubbish anyway. So. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's look at the top five as it stands, because it's about time we got an update. So at Jay Saywood Jones, who is a constant in this competition, by the way, and has been for like the last two years we've been doing it, He's now at the top with 1,190 points in second place. And just one point X, one point behind top spot is at Dash B2669 with 1,189 points. In third is Nigel DeZuman with uh, 1,185. And in fourth is Hammer Time FC with 1,175. And in fifth place is at Billy Rich 83 with 1,174. Right. Okay, let's get the latest from the man in the know. X, he's the man in the know. He keeps you in bonds on rain or snow. His opinion is in demand. There ain't another ITK that I can stand. To listen to the rest of this podcast, you need to be a patron of the West Ham Way. Becoming a patron couldn't be easier. Just visit www.patreon.com. 
forward slash the West Ham way and confirm your subscription to get full access to the West Ham way podcast, our second weekly show called the West Ham way podcast extra time, classic clips of audio and video interviews, exclusive news from X, match day team news before anyone else, an exclusive forum, live Q&As with myself and X, monthly prize draws, discounts on events and merchandise, and behind-the-scenes content, all of which for just £5 a month. The, is it morning yet, deal. How about now? Or now? Because morning time is McDonald's breakfast time. And that's the best time of all the times. Wake up with a little splash of sweetness. Get any size iced coffee from caramel to hazelnut to French vanilla for just 99 cents until 11 a.m. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Geico presents Daily Affirmations. Repeat after me. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts are like the ocean. Our thoughts create our reality. Our thoughts create our reality. We're thinking Geico offers claim service 24-7 with personalized attention from an assigned team. Geico offers claim service? Um, I I wasn't thinking that. We think it and it becomes our reality. So, uh, what about washboard abs? Let's give it a go. Think really hard. Okay, abs, abs, abs. Yep, keep thinking. To manifest more Geico in your life, go to geico.com. Away days are great, but there's nothing quite like playing at home. The same goes for McDonald's. Maximize your home ground advantage with McDelivery. Order now on the McDonald's app. At participating restaurants, 18 plus serving times, delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.